John chapter 12, beginning in verse 9, 9 through 19. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's coat. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when... Jesus was glorified. <clears throat> then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see? That you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Turn with me now to John chapter 11, verse 54. Let's go back one book. Verse 54. One, one chapter, I said one book, but one chapter. St. John eleven fifty-four. this is what it says. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. There he stayed with the disciples. Turn with me to the Old Testament, to the book of Psalms, and go to Psalm 118. <clears throat> Psalm 118, didn't give her this, uh, 25 and 26. Psalm 118, I guess I did, okay. Psalm 118, beginning at verse number 20. I'm going to read verses 25 and 26. Psalm 118, 25 says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Psalm 118, 25 and 26. Turn again now also to the book of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 9, Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 9, right before Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, chapter 9, verse 9, Zechariah 9, 9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Psalm and Zacharias, what's called messianic passages as a point to Jesus and the fact that there was the Savior that was going to come into the world long before he arrived it was penned in scripture as a title for this message, if you didn't notice on the 
way up. How disruptive is Jesus allowed to be in your life? How disruptive is Jesus allowed to be in your life? How disruptive is Jesus allowed to be in your life? Well, we know in California he's not allowed to be disruptive, so (laughs) California tries to legislate him out, make some laws to exclude Jesus. What, What do you do when Jesus... With Jesus, when he takes the spotlight of your popularity. What happens when he comes and takes your popularity? Do you welcome him or do you exclude him? Why do you seek Jesus? Is it because of what you've heard or is it to be a spectator? How disruptive is Jesus allowed to be in your life? Point number one, making plans to get rid of Jesus and the other problem. Making plans to get rid of Jesus and the other problem. Now, the scripture that I read first, John chapter 12, I read that first, and then we went back to chapter 11. And I read that passage. Now, I will say this. In John chapter 11, the Lord had raised Lazarus from the dead. And because of this tremendous miracle, the religious leaders got angry. They became upset and plotted to kill him because they were jealous of his popularity. See, they didn't have room for him. So the Bible says that he departed and he then went to a place called Ephraim. When we come to chapter 12, each of the Gospels, not only only the Synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but John now is included in that they all give testimony to the triumphant entry of Christ coming to Jerusalem. You need to get this. I had not seen this before in the way that Jesus comes to Jerusalem. He goes off the scene for a period of time because there was a plot to take his very life. It is almost as if there is a, a play. If you ever watch those TV series and they give you the crime up front and then they go back as the movie goes to the beginning and fill you in and bring you back. Because you're like, what, what is this? And you're eager to know what happens for them to get to this place. At this time. And as they go back and fill in, you can now have the understanding and you and you have the picture of, oh, this is what it is. I didn't see this in this way before where the Lord had gone off the scene. But now he comes to the scene and he doesn't even try to hide himself. Because now it is time for him to go to the cross. Jesus is now at the end of his life, coming to the place where he 
came to this earth to complete his goal. Do you know that you have to be careful that you are not deterred from your goal? You have to be very careful because there are obstacles that will sometimes come up. And if you're not careful, you will be distracted. And not only distracted, you will be discouraged and you will want to quit. But you have to be determined that if you are on the right path, don't allow circumstances to destroy your walk in reaching your goal. Thank God that Christ himself refused to be deterred, even though people kept saying, you're great, come and be our king. He was already a king, but he was not coming to do what they wanted him to do. You see, Jesus knows what's good for you, and so he just might violate your plans. Say, your plans, I'm going to just push to the side And when he does that, will you allow him to disrupt your life? Will you then set up camp and say, no trespassing, Lord. You can't come through here. I've got a plan, and you've got to comply with the plan that I have. Some of y'all got your own plan, and the Lord is not allowed to trespass. (laughs) Jesus is no longer in retreat. But the Bible says in the first part of chapter 12 that there was a dinner, a banquet that had been prepared for Jesus. I find it interesting that he had gone to Bethany and he healed Lazarus and goes into retreat. And now he he appears again in Bethany. He comes to the place of Bethany. And would you believe it? Lazarus is there too. The very one that he raised from the dead. Now, there are some things where you need to understand that people talk about for a long time. When there's been a great impact, you will hear a story for a long time. You see, I I grew up in this church listening to drag racing right outside this church. About 1 o'clock in the afternoon, they come driving up. You could hear them coming. We'd be excited. I would be. Because I can look out the window. I wasn't allowed to go down at the bottom of the stairs. But I could stand up here, go down below, and I can just watch them race. It was exciting. And, and so there, was, there is still today when you go to certain funerals, people talking about the cars and the engines that they had. The Richmond Bridge was another place that they would race across. Back in the day, uh, y'all been saved all y'all. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be talking about this. Some of y'all don't know about this. Y'all, Lord have mercy. But I, I used to like to see them race. The officer would let them go. After a while, you come, they kind of just come, coming around. Says, okay, fellas, time to break it up right now. But they let them race. There was a memory that had been established, and this was a place where people realized, oh, I remember, and there's stories. Well. When Jesus raised Lazarus, this was a story that people talked about. It, it was a story that people remembered. There was this, this Jesus, and, and he brought this man who was sick, Lazarus, from the dead. And if you look carefully at the passage, the Bible says that Jesus stayed where he was 
couple more days until Lazarus was good and dead. And when he came, the Bible says he came four days later. Why four days? Why not one? Why not two? Because it was the belief that in their culture that the spirit of the person hovered around the grave or the sepulcher and that therefore they weren't really dead until day four. The idea that after three days you're close but not quite there, but four. So Jesus waits until day four so that there could be there could be nothing that could question the miracle that he was going to perform. And when he comes to town, the Bible says that the sisters, Martha and Mary, Mary, they had gone to him, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So he'll rise, and one of the sisters says, oh, I know he'll rise at the resurrection. But didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'll see a great Miracle today. You know, Jesus is the resurrection. And the Bible says that Jesus went to the sepulcher. They opened and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Now, it's been stated that if Jesus just said, come forth, every spook, every dead person would have come out that grave that day. He called Lazarus. You come forth. The Bible says he came forth and says, now unbind him. Take off the grave clothes. This is the same Lazarus that is now here in chapter 12, who's at the dinner where Jesus is being honored. So here Jesus, after he heals, raises Lazarus, and the talk of the town is, oh my goodness. And now get this, the very people, many of them that saw what happened, they are the ones that heard Jesus has now come to town. Because remember, he had been away. He had been out secluded and couldn't come to certain places because of the plot. And many people wanted him to do certain things. And so he went around certain places, not so much openly all the time. The Bible says that he now comes to Bethany. No longer trying to hide. No longer being quiet. He comes and the people hear Jesus has come to town. And the man that we have been telling you about, Lazarus, he is there too. And the Bible says many people went there to see Jesus and to see Lazarus. Now, now let me just say this. You cannot keep Jesus in the grave. I, I'm just going to just throw this out right now. You can't keep him in the grave. Now, now let, let's go back. As Jesus comes to town, people have been talking about this miracle for a long time. And now they have the opportunity to experience and to see Jesus and the person who was involved in the miracle. And here they are in Bethany. Now get this. Go back now with that background and look at chapter 12 and 9. It says, when the Lord large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there. Now, why is it such a large crowd? Because it's now Passover. And the city is packed with people. There's a lot of people there. you got the Jewish people there. You even have Gentiles that would even come there. The city is full. And so you've got some people who hadn't been there, some people hadn't heard, and those who heard what happened to Lazarus, they have been telling everybody. And so there is excitement 
Jesus is here. And Lazarus, we want to see them. So they make their way to Bethany. Now Jesus has a plan. He has a goal. And that's to get to the cross. But you see, he had to do it at the right time. He couldn't do it two years before. That wasn't God's timing. He couldn't do it when he turned the water into wine because that wasn't the time. He operated according to the time frame that his father gave him. And now it's time to fulfill the mission of his calling. You see, some of us get distracted and we never get back on track. We lose sight of our goal. We lose sight of where we were going. And then we think, how come I'm not making progress? Because you lost sight of where you were going. Jesus never lost sight. Made no difference how the people praised him. He said he knew what was in man and would not entrust himself to man. Now, there had been a plot to kill Jesus when he first raised Lazarus. Now they got Jesus, and they got Lazarus, and they have the people coming there, and the religious leaders now say, oh, we got a bigger problem. Tell you what, not only are we going to kill Jesus, we're going to take care of the other problem, which is Lazarus. Now, this just don't make sense. What did Lazarus do? What what crime did Lazarus commit that the religious leaders want to take him out? Be careful that when God blesses you. That you realize the enemy has a target on your back. You see, you see, the enemy wants you to not make it. Here's the, per- the very person who is the beneficiary of the healing. And now he becomes a target for the religious leaders because they're jealous of his popularity. They're jealous because of the fact that Jesus raised him from the dead and all of the people are coming and many of them are beginning to believe. So, making plans to get rid of Jesus and the other problem too, which was Lazarus. Enemy has a target on your back. He don't mind trying to move you out the way if you won't influence somebody else. (laughs) He'll just say, go ahead, just get rid of that person so they don't have any influence. But all you begin to walk in the calling that God has called you in, the way that he has blessed you and the enemy will come after you with all guns blazing. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be an influence. (laughs) How sad when the miraculous work of God causes people to want to take your life or destroy your life. How sad when a good thing is evil spoken of. And so the religious leaders want now to take Lazarus out. And get this, when they said they wanted to get Lazarus, it had, in other words, it had already been determined that this was their plan. It wasn't a matter, should we do it? It was a matter, they already decided, now how are we going to do it? That's the issue that they're dealing with. How are we going to do it? But now they've got a problem because the people are excited because here's a king. They had been in bondage to Rome, and they're thinking, oh, it's time now for the king. We might be delivered. They see all of these things, and now there's excitement that has been building in the lives of people because of 
what they have seen in Jesus, what they've heard, and now that Lazarus also coming, blind Bartimaeus. If you read another version, you'll see blind Bartimaeus being healed. All these things during the week of Jesus preparing to go to the cross. Point two, and I'll soon be out of here. Please be our king. (laughs) Please be our king. Have you ever stopped to consider that the triumphant entry and focus of the people and excitement was related to what happened to Lazarus? Have you ever really stopped to think and consider that? That the triumphant entry was because of the excitement of what Jesus did, raising Lazarus. As people began to line the road as Jesus tells his disciples to go get a donkey. The foal the cold. You, you need to understand this. Some estimate, and they think the number was high, that at one of the Passovers, there was the estimate of a person by a Jewish historian, by Josephus, and others thought it was high. At one point, of 2,700,000 around it in that city at one Passover at one time. That was an estimate that was given for one of the Passovers at one time. Some of the commentators think that was kind of high, but there were thousands hundreds of thousands of believers of people going through Jerusalem, doing Passover. And can you imagine that people that had come to town hearing this wanted to see and now there's excitement because they know uh, some of the prophecies from the Old Testament in Psalm chapter 118 and Zechariah 9 that the Messiah would be coming. And man here it is. Could it be that the one that we've been hearing about this this great, this Jesus who has been healing people and called this man Lazarus to come back from the dead. We've seen him. Could this be him? Please be our king. The eyewitnesses of the event are the ones who are, who, who are spreading the story about Jesus. And they are telling people, have you heard that Jesus, he's over in Bethany, How far? Two miles. Let's go see him. (laughs) And the Bible says they put their trust. And as they go, the religious leaders get more upset. And now Jesus. And John almost just kind of almost passes over the fact of the, 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 the fact of how he told the disciples, two disciples to go get, to go get. The, the donkey and the colt. He, he, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they, they play some details. Little, John just kind of almost just mentions it, but doesn't spend much time on it. Follow me. Verse 12. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took, palm, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, What? Crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That word, Hosanna, is a word of praise. Save now. We beseech you. Save now, O Lord. Save now. Why this excitement? Why this exuberance? It was because they had been under Roman bondage, and they've been waiting for the Messiah. Now they've seen all this stuff. They've heard of Jesus. They've heard, and now they've got proof, and now there's excitement as they line the road. 
of Jerusalem. It's because of what had happened, what they saw. Here's this Jesus who had been in hiding, who had not been as public. Now he is walking down the street, riding rather down the street. And they began to line and to put their the branches down and put the clothes down. Now get this. Palm branches, they, they were part of the ceremony worship of the Feast of Tabernacles. Not initially the Feast of or the Passover, it was one of the feasts where they would bring branches and wave the branches as an act of worship during one of the feasts. Feast of Tabernacles, but they're doing it and have began to do it during the Passover. That's not where it originated. And they are saying, what are they saying? Let's look at it. <laughs> Crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. There's then the king of Israel. <laughs> and then John makes a note as this is happening. The disciples didn't understand this until after Jesus rose from the dead. Those things. And then their memory, their minds were taken by the Holy Spirit back to the scriptures of Zechariah 9, 9, and, and, and Psalm, the, some, the Psalm, the Hosanna, when they talk about Hosanna and Jesus coming, riding on a donkey. Oh, this is the fulfillment of the scripture. And the people are saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, our king. But they're looking for a political king. They're looking for a king to deliver them from their oppression. All this excitement, what we've been waiting for, is he going to deliver us? He has the power to do it. Oh, they're excited because they now think that their deliverance is at hand. Give salvation now. Psalm 118.25 Lord, help us. The utter joy and praise is not being stopped by Jesus. He is not telling the people, oh, no, 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 don't say that. He has, he's not saying to stop it. And this is making the religious leaders even more angry. The more they try to stop him, the more popular he becomes. You all need to learn how to use, let your enemies, their curses at you, all the things they do. You need to let them just be a way of helping to build you up. You just need to say, go ahead and, and do it because God is going to bless me in spite of. Some of y'all lose sleep over some things people say about you. Stop losing sleep. They talking about me. So what? Talked about Jesus. <laughs> and if you connected with him. Oh, he knows how to raise you up. Remember this. Those that try to do you harm, they may have to face the very thing they're trying to do against you. <laughs> Most of the religious leaders did not have room for Jesus. <laughs> he was just too disruptive for their life. <laughs> didn't have room for him. What camp are you in? Are you in the camp with the religious leaders? Or are you on the other end with those who are saying, Hosanna, 
Now be careful because some of them who said Hosanna was also maybe some of them later said, mm, I don't know. He didn't do what we thought he would do. Some of them may be right there saying, mm, maybe. <laughs> you see, Jesus calls for a radical change in your life. And if you do not have room for him to disrupt your life, then you too may be among those planning for his execution. The crowd was excited, but many for the wrong reason. Yes, I encourage you to be excited for the right reason. They're excited as the king comes down the road and shout, Hosanna, glory be our Savior, save now, Lord. We have been in bondage, saved now, but oh, Jesus brings another type of salvation at this time. He was coming to save people from their sins. Coming to save people from the very thing that they needed. They needed to be saved from sin. And there's an irony at the end of, when you look at 19, an irony when the religious leaders say, what are we accomplishing? Look, the whole world is going after him. And that's irony because really the whole world now does go after him. Many accept him, many don't. But it's the world. But they were talking about all the world that would gather in Jerusalem. Everyone that would come together, the Jews, the Gentiles, all those that would come into the city. Look, what, what are we accomplishing? The whole world that we see is going after him. And then they realize we can't kill him now because the people have accepted him. We've got to find a different way to do it. How disruptive is Jesus allowed to be in your do you have room for him? Can, can he come in and move some things completely out? I've got some boxes right now for the last seven years. I ain't even looked in them. And when I do, I'm going to probably say, oh, I need to keep that. I, I ain't even seen what's in there. I just know when I look at it, just go get rid of it. I ain't looked at it this far. Oh, one day. It's been seven years. Need to move some things out. Jesus can move some things in. Bow your head with me. Lord, we want you to be disruptive to our life. We want you to have the freedom to make radical changes in us. Where you can do what you want to do. Accomplish the will in our lives that we will accomplish the goal that you have set us out to do. May we not be distracted from the goal that you've called us to live and to be, but may we be determined when obstacles come and problems arise to be strengthened in our faith to go on and do it because we have the help of the Almighty God Himself. We honor you today and bless you and give the glory to you. So, Lord, where there's been corners of our lives that we have hidden from you, may we open them for you.
for you so that you can do what you want to do that will bring honor to your glorious name. We thank you. We give you praise and glory to you in Jesus' name. God bless you.